0: America, home of the industrial prison Previously on Juvie.
1: Perimeter checks must be pretty important, huh? We just received our first transgender intake. I'd like to give Resident Newsom the option of being housed in our ISU, I- Intensive Services Unit, for his her own protection. I've assigned his case to Ms. McKenzie. You can act cute if you want to, but if someone put their hands on you, you better fight like a man. This is long metal. You don't have to do this. I said run your fucking pockets. I
2: told you you didn't have to do this. Now you're going to jail.
0: Juvie, Season 1, Episode 3, Old Friends.
3: Southern Grub Diner, downtown. Mackenzie and Caleb enter the brightly decorated, eclectic restaurant. Island music thumps against the walls as the hostess, a tall woman, walks over to them, her white teeth glittering against her black lipstick. She greets them with a hearty salutation. Welcome to Southern Grab. Dining in. Mackenzie looks over at Caleb.
4: Do we have time? Yeah, we're good. Yes, table for two, please.
3: Uh, What does this remind you of? Caleb shuffles Mackenzie in front of him, holding her arms affectionately as the hostess guides them to their table. Mackenzie looks at Caleb quizzically.
4: (laughs) What, this place?
5: Yes, this place.
3: The theme, the feel of it. Mackenzie looks around, thinking... She breaks into a wide smile, blushes.
4: (laughs) Mexico, Tulum, spring break.
3: (laughs) There's an awkward silence.
5: We were crazy.
4: We were kids. And remember, nothing happened.
5: But it could have.
4: But it didn't. (laughs) I think that's why we're so good friends. And you know, once you cross that line.
3: Caleb traps her in a warm gaze. Mackenzie fidgets with her napkin was a long time ago. Caleb looks down at her
5: hands, sees a
3: ring finger draped in a princess cut diamond.
5: Wait, hold up. You're engaged?
4: Yeah, since February. He's a good guy. You like him.
5: Oh my God. Uh, congratulations. Wow. I didn't know. I'm, I'm happy for you. So, how's Long Metal treating you so far?
4: Um, it's crazy like what's up with that place it feels like i'm in some alternate universe like everyone is certifiably insane and i'm just there like please don't do that please don't choke the kids like
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah long meadow is definitely known for its super aggressive restraints uh it's toned down a little though
3: really that's pretty bad the waitress walks over to their table with two waters she flips out her notepad
1: Hi, I'm Kalani. I'll be your waitress. You guys ready to order or do you need more time?
5: Wow, we're so busy talking, we didn't even look at the menu. But, Mickey, trust me on this one. Uh, we'll get two catfish lunch specials with the mac and cheese, cabbage, and cornbread.
2: Mmm,
4: that sounds so good. No objections for me. Alrighty.
1: You good with the waters or did you want to order some beverages?
5: No, the waters are good.
1: Oh, still cheap.
5: (laughs) I am not cheap. What do you want? (laughs) Soda? tell her what you want.
3: No, I'm joking. Water is fine. Caleb playfully grabs Mackenzie's wrist and turns back to the waitress. She'll have
5: a ginger ale with a splash of lemon and cranberry. Lime. Right, lime.
3: Caleb hangs onto her wrist as the waitress walks off. Mackenzie looks up and freezes. She wrestles her hand out of Caleb's grasp. What? What
5: happened?
3: Mackenzie sits speechless as her fiancé, Ocean, standing at the front of the restaurant, locks eyes with Mackenzie. Ocean does a power walk over to their table. He's holding a takeout order. Mackenzie jumps up. Ocean walks up close to her, pissed. Hey, what's good?
4: Hey. Uh, sweetie, this is Caleb. Um,
3: I'm I'm picking up dinner for us, because you said you never had this before, but I see you have.
4: Ocean, stop. This is Caleb, my friend, the one that helped me get the job at Longmeadow.
3: Caleb stands, extends his hand to shake. Ocean ignores the gesture, turns to Mackenzie, hurt and anger brimming in his eyes. So what's this? the hell is going on?
4: This is lunch. Caleb was talking to me about Longmeadow. We are two colleagues on a lunch break having lunch. That's it.
5: Hey, Mickey and I just went to college together, man. We're just friends. Mickey? Who the hell is Mickey? Oh, y'all got nicknames and shit?
3: I, right, Alana. I can't do this. I'm out. Ocean storms out of the restaurant, leaving his food behind. Longmeadow, Mackenzie's office. Mackenzie sits behind her desk, still distracted by her lunch fiasco. She tries to concentrate as she reviews Sam's file for her first session. Officer Caruso taps on the side of her door. You ready for him?
4: Yes, thank you.
3: Mackenzie sits up as Caruso signals someone in the hallway. Send me Newsome. Mackenzie takes a deep breath, prepares a welcoming smile. Sam appears in the doorway, visibly unhappy. She's dressed in formal long meadow attire, tan khakis and a black shirt. Her lashes are gone, but her unraveled bun dangling tendrils down the side of her face and a hue of pink lip gloss seem to salvage a hint of femininity. Caruso points to a chair in the corner of McKenzie's office. Have a seat. Sam trudges to the chair and plants herself down. Caruso turns to Mackenzie.
2: You want me to stay inside or outside the door?
3: Outside the door is fine. Thank you. Caruso closes the door halfway and posts himself against it. Mackenzie turns to Sam.
4: Hi, Sam. Is it okay if I call you Sam or do you prefer something else?
3: Sam crosses her arms in front of her and looks up at Mackenzie. Sam is fine.
4: Okay, my name is Miss McKenzie. I've been assigned as your mental health therapist for the duration of your time here at
3: Longmeadow. Sam turns away, begins looking at the wall, the ceiling, her shoes. McKenzie presses on with her introduction.
4: I'm not going to bore you with a whole bunch of therapy talk, but I just wanted to meet you and let you know that I'm here to support you with anything that you may need.
3: Sam looks up at McKenzie, pretending to listen, while tuning her out. Mackenzie stops talking and locks eyes with Sam. Sam rolls her eyes. What you staring at? You never saw a queen before?
4: Sam, I'm not staring at you. I just thought I'd stop talking. It seems like you're
1: not ready to talk, so... Uh, A whole lot right now. Oh, oh, I'm ready to talk. I'm waiting for you to stop. Oh, okay. You have the floor. First of all, I don't need no damn therapist. I don't have no mental issues, and I don't need no medications. Oh, I don't prescribe medication. Secondly. I don't have an anger problem. I'm not doing no 14-month cage or rage anger management bullshit, okay? I've never had an anger problem. What would you do if you had four big niggas beat your ass, huh? Exactly. (sighs) Lastly, I need my hormone treatment, some decent panties, a bra, a hairbrush, and some lotion. Not this cheap state crap. Some real
3: lotion. Some cocoa butter. I mean, something. Sam sits back in her chair, vindicated. Okay. Thank you, Sam, for letting
4: me know how you feel and what you need. I'll be talking to your unit manager to see what's available as far as supplies and what we may be able to get for you. Also, your hormone treatments have been approved and ordered by medical. The shipment should be here by tomorrow. (sighs) So... What unit
1: are they putting me in?
4: So, we have two options. You can be housed in General Pop with everyone else, or you can go to ISU, Intensive Services
1: Unit. What's ISU?
4: Well, it's less people, less drama, single rooms, more time out of your room because it's more staff. Mm. And where is it? It's... Actually, it's a separate little cottage on the other side of campus, kind of near
1: medical. Uh, oh, hell no. That's the crazy unit. It's not. Yeah, mm, whatever. you sit sitting up here lying. Crenshaw said they put the cutters and the headbangers in there. People will be hearing and seeing shit. Well, who's Crenshaw? Someone a
3: lot more honest than you. Trying to put me on the short bus? Mm-mm. Nope, don't think so. Sam stands abruptly and storms out of the room. Cherry Hill. Junkyard, day. Darnell Cuddy Crenshaw, 32, tall, handsome, chiseled features, leans against a black Mercedes 500, smoking a fat cigar. He blows the smoke out casually. His face, stern lines of anger and power. His eyes, a blank stare of ruthlessness that say, I don't give a damn about anything or anyone. The secluded backdrop is decorated with piles of broken and crushed cars. A man, mid-twenties, is hunched over as two men of similar age stand on each side of him, holding him up. The man is terrified, his face dripping in blood. His left eye, a swollen ball, is closed shut. A large thug is posted a few feet away, surveying the grounds. He briefly talks into his earbuds. The four men are dressed in all-black, donning black motorcycle jackets with gold graphics that read Brick 9. A fleet of motorcycles are balanced on the dusty ground behind them. The two men holding the injured man yank the jacket off the man and throw it at Cuddy's feet. Cuddy takes another long draw from his cigar and blows it out slowly. I actually liked you, man. The man looks up at Cuddy through his one eye. Blood and snot drip down his mouth.
2: Yo, me swear, Cuddy, wasn't me, man. Please me have nothing, brethren.
3: Cuddy looks deep into the man's desperate eyes. Yes, it was. You did that shit. But it won't happen again. Cuddy pushes his shades close on his face as he turns to get into his vehicle. He looks back at his crew and tips his head down in a menacing nod. He hops into his car and peels out of the yard, whipping a billow of dust and gravel into the air. Long parking lot. Crenshaw sits in the back seat of her car. She rolls up some weed and lights it, ducking below her window to sneak a few quick drags. She reaches for her cell phone and dials a number. Car, city streets, continuous. Cuddy is driving down the interstate. He looks at the name Sis on his caller ID and answers his phone with a touch of his steering wheel.
2: Yo, what's up?
3: Crenshaw's voice blares into his car speakers. Yo, where you at?
2: Cambridge. Wow, what's up? Y'all get that drop?
1: (sighs) Yeah, we got it, but...
2: But what?
1: It's Logan. Yo, he's been pressing us. Max said as soon as he picked up, he saw Logan right behind him looking in the field with his nosy ass to Keith, Logan? Nah, he made sergeant last month. He's been coming up with all this new shit. Midday searches, perimeter checks, and he's been watching me. I feel him. I'm
2: mm. not worried about no damn Logan. I got Logan. You just keep stacking my bricks. Let me know if you need me. I'll send a crew through there and get his ass straight.
3: Crenshaw takes another drag from her blunt, leans her head back, more relaxed. Aye. I- I'm gonna let you know. You good? Yeah,
1: I'm good.
2: What you got coming my way?
1: Eli and Devin about to drop next month. They
3: ready.
2: All right, cool. Nine, I'm out.
3: Nine. Long Meadow, housing unit C, day. Noah sits at a circular table, cemented to the ground with two other residents, Dream and Nico, 17. Laid back, street smart. An officer sits in the staff office with his feet up, talking on the phone. Nico shuffles a deck of cards and distributes a few to each of them. He yells out to the other boys on the unit.
2: Yo, we need one more for spades.
3: Nico turns to the only white boy on the unit, Paris, 16, quiet, reserved, with a smooth urban swag. Paris nods as he walks over and joins the table. Look, the Red Joker is wild. Are we using deuce for spades? The boys nod in agreement as they shuffle through their cards. Nico looks over at Noah. How much time you got? 18
2: and 24. That ain't bad. You can rock that. Just do your bid. Don't let your bid
3: do you. Sure. Dream looks up from his cards. And stay away from Big Rod. Who's Big Rod? He's the
2: main enforcer of Brick 9. He's practically running this place. You don't run me. Right. I'm saying, just stay clear and let Bricks beef it out with MFO.
3: Big Rod is on A Block. I heard they're moving him next week. Noah throws a card down in the center of the table. And who's running MFL? MFO? Topaz,
2: the guy from B Block with the green eyes and dog tags on his neck. Oh, yeah, I, I met him. He's cool. Yeah, he's all right. I never had no problem with
5: him. He tried to recruit. I said I'm good. There's not as many MFOs up here, but that's that north side shit. But it's enough to beef, so they beef. I just stay out the way.
3: I'm trying to go home. Noah nods as he scoops up the cards.
5: I hear you. I ain't letting nobody stop me from going home.
3: Long Meadow, Mackenzie's office. Mackenzie sits behind her desk reviewing charts, typing notes, finding a moment to take comfort in a sip of tea and taking a few minutes of peace. There's a sudden tap outside her door. She looks up and smiles. Break time is over. Mackenzie stands to greet Officer Gibbs, standing at the entrance of the door with Hunter, a 17-year-old inmate from ISU. He's somewhat disheveled. His eyes dart about the room. He looks behind him, begins pacing, fidgeting. Officer Gibbs takes a step inside the office. May I? Yes, please, come in. Gibbs summons Hunter in the office with him and points to a chair in the corner.
2: Have a seat, Hunter.
3: Hunter slinks down into the chair, pulling his sleeves over his hands as he looks down to the floor.
2: I'm Officer Gibbs, the lead officer for ISU.
3: I'm Mackenzie. Nice
4: to meet you. What's going on?
2: Well, this is Hunter Beale. I know he's not on your caseload, but Mr. Hardy had to leave early. He had a family emergency and uh, Hunter has requested to speak with the therapist. He said it was urgent.
3: Gibbs turns to Hunter.
2: It's okay, Hunter. Tell her what you told me.
3: Hunter turns away, crosses his arms in front of him, begins rocking. Mackenzie walks over to Hunter. She squats down to eye level.
4: Hi, Hunter. I'm Miss Mackenzie, and I'm here to help you with whatever you need. It's okay. You can talk to me.
3: Hunter looks up slowly.
5: Um, uh, I'm hearing voices.
4: Okay, What do the voices say when you hear them? Are they talking to you, or are you listening in on a conversation?
5: Yeah, basically, they're they're talking to me.
4: And what do the voices say?
3: Hunter looks up at Gibbs. Gibbs nods encouragingly. Oh, to hurt people.
4: Do the voices tell you to hurt yourself, too?
3: Yeah, sometimes. Hunter turns towards Gibbs, his voice rattling nervously.
5: Gibbs, could you give me a minute? I know I told you some stuff, but there's some stuff I need like to say in privacy.
2: Absolutely. I'll give you some time. I'll be right down the hall if you need me.
3: Gibbs steps outside the door. He locks eye contact with Mackenzie and points to her radio on the desk.
2: Call me if you need me.
3: Mackenzie nods. Gibbs walks down to the far end of the hallway. Mackenzie turns back to Hunter. His affect seems to have changed. He's steady, calm. The rocking stopped. He looks McKenzie directly in the eye. McKenzie stands. Hunter stands and faces her. McKenzie looks towards the door and back at Hunter.
4: What's going on, Hunter?
5: Look, I ain't hearing no damn voices, but I need your help. With with what? I just got paid for a hit.
4: What are you talking about?
5: A kid just gave me two honey buns and some Gabby's to think that's tranny. He said that the new kid, Sam, shot his cousin on the basketball court.
4: Well, why are you telling me this? Tell Officer Gibbs this is a security issue.
5: Mackenzie hurries
3: toward the door. Hunter blocks her. Mackenzie freezes, fear rising in her chest. She looks back at her radio. It's too far away. Officer Gibbs! It's
5: killer be killed. Survival of the fittest. We play it in the game. Y'all are
2: just who watch from the sideline. we our business it ain't how you start the game it's how you finish.
0: Thank you for tuning in to season 1 episode 3 of Juvi. Please rate this episode and leave a review. Juvi is written and directed by Dashin Amin, created and produced by Dashin Amin and Stacy Ann Henry. Podcast engineer Eric Maldonado. This episode features the voice talents of Makia Jones as Mackenzie, G. Savion as Sam. Kamisha Ferguson as Crenshaw and Waitress. Rashad Worthy as Cuddy. Harkim Ray as Noah. James Leaf as Ocean and Officer Lyles. J. Cruz as Caleb and Officer Mack. Khalid Royster as Dream. Drew Lazaroff as Officer Caruso. Naeem Large as as Hunter. For more information on this show, a full list of cast and crew, and our social media information, please visit the website at juvieseries.com.